Seasons change. Why not your tech? Upgrade now during the Dell Technology Sale event and save on select PCs like the XPS 16 powered by Intel Core processors. You'll be able to bring your most intensive projects to life with a built-in AI, minimalistic design, immersive visuals, and cinematic audio. When you shop online at dell.com forward slash deals, you'll have access to the exceptional tech and electronics, plus free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at dell.com forward slash deals. That's dell.com forward slash deals. This is the Ed Milet Show. All right, welcome back to Max Out, everybody. Today is an honor for me because I didn't even want to tell him this off camera, but this man has changed my life. Um, many, many years ago, I was living at home with my mom and dad, and my dad got me a job, as most of you know, at an orphanage at a group home. And about three days later, he says, you need to start to get motivated. And he said, I just heard this guy in the car. Somebody gave me one of his tapes. You need to listen to this man. He's incredible. And uh, I put the cassette in, and my life started to change. And that was the journey of listening to literally hundreds, hundreds of hours of this man's work impacted my life. I consider him to be the greatest speaker I've ever seen and uh, so the, or heard. And many of you know that that's something that I do as well. So I'm pretty scrutinizing about those things. This is a man who was born as a twin on really a, in a dirty building on the floor. He was labeled as the not so smart twin, was labeled as a child to have some retardation. As a matter of fact, got adopted by Mamie and the rest of it is one of the most amazing stories you're gonna ever hear and uh, it's like an honor for me, everybody, to introduce this man to you because today's going to be an absolute treasure with uh, the great Les Brown. So, Les, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. And you're very modest. I'm looking at the greatest speaker on the planet. <laughs> I don't think you can sneak up on me. I know when I'm in the presence of greatness, I listen to you. I thank you for the work that you're doing, the lives that you've transformed, and the impact that you're making on the planet. So, I am so honored to be in your presence, sir. God bless you. I think you just made my life right there. I'm actually <laughs> You have no idea, everybody, how much I admire this, this man. I mean, I hopefully for some of you, maybe I play that role. But when you have somebody that you finally get a chance to meet who's literally changed your life. I mean, my great-grandchildren will probably not know who Les Brown is, but they would not have the lives they're going to have someday without him being in my life. And so speaking mm. of which, this man has 15 grandchildren four great-grandchildren, and we're going to go all over the map today, mm -hmm. um, Mr. Brown, but I thought it'd be odd for us not to start out talking about what's going on in the world first, yes. and um, I have a hard time even asking some of these things of you because I get emotional because I know some of these stories because I'm such a huge follower of yours, but for those of you that are uh, listening on audio and are watching YouTube, Les Brown is an African-American man. He's a black man. And so his experience over 75 years of being in this country is very valuable. And a lot of these things that have just floated to the surface more recently for the rest of society, you've been living for most of your life. And so I'm just curious as to, first, what do you think as you're seeing what's playing out on television right now, the conversation that's happening in the, in the world today? Just what are your thoughts when you see them? It is... I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating. Here I am, 75. Mm -hmm. I was five years old downtown in Miami with my mother. It was very hot. And 
is around 90 degrees. And I saw these kids playing, these white kids and, and one drinking from a water fountain. I let my mother's hand go and I, I ran to the water fountain and I started drinking from it. And my mother grabbed me by the neck and she threw me down on the ground and she started punching me with her fist. She had never done that before. And my face and my head and I was screaming. She had a crazy look in her eyes. I said, mama, it's me, it's me, mama, it's me. And then all of a sudden a white cop came over and he had a nightstick and he kept on hitting it in his hand. He said, okay, that's enough. You beat that little nigga boy enough. Now he's learned his lesson. He won't do that again. And he walked away and he just started laughing as he looked at me. My nose was busted and my eyes were swollen. And she said as he walked away, Leslie, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, son. I said, Mama, why did you beat me like that? She said, you can't drink from that water fountain. I said, those white kids, they were there. Leslie, listen, you can't drink from that water fountain. It's for whites only. And when I saw that white policeman coming over towards you with his nightstick, had he hit you with that nightstick, he would have had to kill me. And I would have left you and your brothers and sisters to fend for yourself. I'm so sorry, son. I'm so sorry. I said, Mama, it didn't hurt that bad. She said, I know, I never, I never wanted to hit any of my children like that. But I had to do something to distract him. And that was the birth of hunger in me. Because on that day, I realized something that Martin Seligman said in the book called Learn to Optimism. He said, between the ages of zero and five, that we learn what's available to us and what's not available to us. And there are places that I couldn't go. I used to see signs on Miami Beach that said Jews, dogs and colors not allowed. I remember being on the bus and, and seats were available front and we would be packed in the back. And I remember stopping, said, Mama, there's seats up here. Leslie, keep moving. Mama, there are seats here. There are empty seats here. Did you hear me? Keep moving, boy. Past that yellow line. Mm. And so wow. when I look at now, here's, here's the, the positive stuff. Benjamin Franklin said, that until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are affected, things will never change. Mm. For the first time, we have large numbers of white people and people from all walks of life saying, whoa, mm, this is wrong. This is wrong. Evil prevails when good men and women do nothing and good men and women from all walks of life have gotten involved. This is a reckoning. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, first of all, it's sad to see, mm -hmm. but it's heartwarming that there are people who do care. You care. There, you have, I always tell speakers, I train speakers at this point, who you are behind the words are far more important than the words that you speak. When I train speakers, I first work with the messenger and then the message. And, and so that evil prevails when good men and women do nothing. There are a lot of good men and women who've put themselves in harm's way, who've said, these are human beings and, and, and their lives matter. 
And, and, and it's one thing if we had a, 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 a protest saying black lives are better. We're not saying that. We're saying <laughs> black lives matter. I mean, when, when cops, they know they have absolute power. They're judge, jury, and executioner. Over 95% never go to court. And those who go, they are called innocent. The prosecuting attorneys on their side, the judge, the jury, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. But I do believe in our lifetime, at some point in time, that we are going to garner the courage and the persistence and the commitment to eradicate what we're dealing with because Cultures of, of, of terrorism, people who are supposed to provide and protect, who are killing and terrorizing, these cultures are created by people and they can be changed by people. And the secret is, is for us to maintain commitment through all the frustrations, through all the disappointments, through all the things and people who infiltrate the movement and create distractions to try and discourage us and sabotage it. I believe that we live in the greatest country in the world. And when I wake up in the morning, man, I say all things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. And I do believe that justice will prevail. <laughs> I, uh, a couple of things I, I want to say about that to people listening. One, that story is, uh, you feel like you're there. It's very hard to hear that. And I think there's also, you know, I, I want Amadeus to just hear this, just let, sink in for a second, because we're going to have such a great ride today. I'm picturing in that situation, it's very interesting. I picture your mother, even more than I hear you in that story. Yeah, your mother, is. by the way, you spent your whole life honoring this woman. Yes, because I'm here because of two women. One gave me life, the other one gave me love. God took me out of my biological mother's womb and placed me in the heart of my adopted mother. Mama, she only had a third grade education, but she had a PhD in mother wit. I always quote Abraham Lincoln when I speak and say all that I am and all that I ever hoped to be, I owe to my mother. She was quite a woman. She covered the ground she stood on. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell, I was belly laughing a few weeks ago watching something you said, your mother made really good sweet potato pies. That's one of the things she did. I just, do you remember what you said about if you eat my mother's sweet potato pie, you got to do something before you eat it? You couldn't eat it with your shoes on. You had to put <laughs> so you can wiggle your toes. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> I just think that's beautiful. All right, I want... <laughs> I love how much you honor your mother, man. I just, I love that. So let's, let's, let's get into all kinds of different stuff. And I'm glad you shared your perspective. And, you know, one of the things I've seen with you over the years too, is I just think your inherent goodness shines through and you have a laugh. I'm just curious, is that an intentional thing you do that beautiful laugh of yours, or is that just something that comes natural to you? I mean, is it something you built up to disarm people when you were a younger person, when you spoke, or is that just, that's just less Brown and People say that my laugh make them laugh. I'm a happy person. And, and the reason I am, I believe that when you wake up in the morning, it's the best day of your life. If you don't believe it, try this, it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You, you said one thing about your mom earlier. You said that she uh, 
that's when that stoked this hunger in you. You've got this great yeah. book out right now. I want you to tell everybody about too, as it relates to being hungry. And yeah. then well, I want you to speak to how important this is to have hunger. I always say all the time, talent, you know, brains, all of those things. That's one thing, but you give me somebody who's starving, who's hungry and coachable. I'll show you somebody that I can work with. Yes. Uh, it, hunger is, is, is what's required. Now, when you look at over 50 million people have lost their jobs and another 47 million projected by the, 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 the various statistics that indicates that it will be lost due to artificial intelligence. And so, yes, this is this era that Peter Drucker calls the era of the three C's, accelerated change, overwhelming complexity, and tremendous competition. So people now have to do what it is that you talk about. One of the first things that I love that you talk about is that really your major superpower is your ability to communicate because attention is the new currency, the ability to attract attention, to hold the attention, and to direct the attention. Attention. And when you can communicate, you attract attention to yourself for your business, for your club, for your organization, for your movement, because people are looking at you and they're asking three questions. Who are you? What do you have? And why should I care? So you're able to attract attention to yourself, to your business, to your products, to your expertise. And then you have to hold the attention. Part of what allowed me to break through that the, the speaking industry with the good old boys network and and they were going around the speakers were giving speeches and regurgitating information as you are aware from the book thinking grow rich by yeah. napoleon hill yes. well my mentor mike williams who wrote the book called the road to your best stuff the road to your best stuff he said brownie if information could change people everybody would be skinny rich and happy <laughs> yes. yeah so so what i do and how i train speakers is to use your story to create an experience. Oliver Wendell Holmes said that once a man or woman's mind has been expanded with an idea, concept, or experience, it can never be satisfied to going back to where it was. So you attract the attention, and with an experience that you create, the experience of your customer, the experience that you're able to create, and that interaction with the people that you want to attract, that you then direct that attention. Hmm. And there's a reason that Steve Jobs said the storyteller is the most powerful yeah. person in the world. And he knew that. Here's a guy to talk about a product and people have set up camp outside the store for two and three days, yeah. sleeping outside to get something they haven't laid hands on. They just yeah. heard the story about it. Yeah. Khalil Gibran in the book called The Prophet, he said, more than thirst and hunger, humans need stories. So good. Facts tell, stories sell, right? And yes. I, I uh, by the way, how do they get the book? Let's not move off of that. How do they find this book they you've got on Hungry Brown? I am hungrylessbrown.com. I am hungrylessbrown.com. Part of that hunger, Les, is uh, getting territory. I love how you describe this because the only person who I've ever heard say this before. You talk about how life and territory, I want you to say it your way. I don't want to give it away, but I was... I was actually sharing this with my son last night about you, because I think it's one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. So please share it with a couple million people for me. Yeah, life is a fight for territory. And once you start fighting for what you want, what you don't want will automatically take over. Hmm. Give you an example. 
27 years ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. 27 years ago, my gosh. Yeah, 20, fourth stage cancer. And fourth stage prostate cancer, my PSA was 2,400. And, and so Dr. Alfred Gosen said, Mr. Brown, you have fourth stage cancer. I said, do? He said, yes. And it's metastasized to seven areas of your body and it's eaten 43% of your T1 vertebrae. I said, whoa. He said, why, why are you smiling? Did you hear what I just said? I said, yeah. He said, why are you smiling? I said, man, seven is my lucky number. I was born <laughs> February the 17th. Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho seven times. Naaman dipped himself in the River Jordan seven times. Seven is my lucky number. He looked at his nurse and said, this is a strange one. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, can you give me a second opinion? He said, yes. And you're ugly, too. You didn't go there. He said, you're ugly. He said, but you got this. You got this. I don't tell patients that they're terminally ill. What I say is my knowledge and my ability and my skills have terminated. Now you and God figure this out. He determines the prognosis. You got this. And as a result, how people live their lives, as you know, is a result of the story they believe about themselves. He interrupted my story. And I left there with a heart full of faith, not a heart full of fear. Zig said most people in a fearful situation, they forget everything and run. Mm -hmm. But there are a small number, the road to the life is straight and narrow, a few there be that find it, who face everything and rise. Oh my gosh. So and so the people who listen to you, when you speak and you are, and when I say that you are the most talented speaker on the planet, mm. is because when you speak, what you do is distract, dispute, and inspire. You distract people from their story. Yeah, the, the, as you know, the, the psychologists call this self-explanatory style. And through the execution of your presentation or the guests that you interview, that you dismantle their current belief system and inspire them to become, as Mother Teresa would say, a pencil in the hand of God and start writing a new chapter in their lives. Right. That's what you do with the products that you have, the guests that you have, and how you have decided that you are going to live a life that will outlive you. And God bless you for it. Live a life that will outlive you. Oh my yes. gosh. Everybody, I, I'm just sharing this treasure with you. So you got to follow this man. You've got to get his book. I, guys, I, listen, I have a lot of people on my show that I admire. This man changed my life. I mean, I, I, there's a part of me, this is a very strange interview for me, Mr. Brown, because, uh, I'm in and out of it in my mind. I'm, I'm talking to Les Brown right now. I mean, yeah, like I'm, I've spent I'm fascinated to be talking with you. You yeah. don't know how often I've met you that said, this is my brother from another mother. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, I bet you're you making my day. Speaking how old of are you, yes, how, old what's are you? That? how old are you? 50 this year. I got t-shirts older than you. I'm 75. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I got to tell you, speak, by the way, speaking of brothers, this is an interesting thing about you. You're a twin. 
Yes. And when you were young, this is so hard for people to believe. They see this man who can recite poetry and scripture and quotes at the, like this, you know, to think that at some point you were labeled as, were you, you labeled as mentally retarded as a child? When I was in the fifth grade, I was labeled educable mentally retarded and put back from the fifth grade to the fourth grade at Douglas Elementary School in, in Miami, Florida. And, and then when I was in the eighth grade, I failed again. But I had a man who was very much like you because I consider you a master communicator, Mr. Leroy Washington. And I walked in his class looking for a friend. It was really a God moment. And he said, young man, go to the board and work this problem out for me. I said, sir, I can't do that. He said, why not? I said, I'm not one of your students. He said, do it anyhow. I said, I can't, sir. And the other students started laughing, saying, he's Leslie. He's got a twin brother, Wesley. Wesley's smart. He's DT. And he asked, what's DT? And they said, he's the dumb twin. And they erupted in laughter. And I said, I am, sir. And he came from around his desk. He looked at me. He said, don't you ever say that again. Someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. Do you hear me? Mm -hmm. I said, yes, sir. He, he interrupted the story that I believed about myself. My mother said, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can never hurt you. But words do hurt deeply. Mm. But on that day, you know, Denzel was in a movie called Touch, and he said, there are moments in life that's before this and there's after this. And after this, nothing will ever be the same again. And my life was interrupted because he interrupted this vision that had been planted in my mind by words. Words affect behavior. And that's why I'm excited about training people how to create an experience to transform people individually and collectively. Because when we look at where we are, that's more important than ever before. The cultures and, and hatred and divisiveness, all of these things are formatted with words. Our lady came for me to train her from Australia. And I said, why did you come to me? She said, when I look at all the divisiveness and hatred and violence, she said, it's done by a few people, but there's too many people are silent. And I have a voice and I want to be a voice for love. I said, whoa, whoa. she just gave me Goose yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love it. This teacher, speaking about that on voice, because the third thing was communication. I literally shared this with my son when he went away to college. This teacher stopped you when you're in that classroom, correct me if I'm wrong, and said, listen, there's three things you need to have yeah. if you're going to prevail in this life. Yeah. And everybody, this is where you, you right now, if you've got children around you, you go grab them right now. Because I've shared this with both of my children this is compelling stuff right here because this was one of those moments where your life was not the same again after no. he delivers this message to you. Yes, yeah. He said, you have to work on your mind. Uh, he was a person who believed in Earl Nightingale who said, you don't get in life what you want, you get in life what you are. Uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Carter G. Woodson, if you can determine what a man shall think, you never have to concern yourself with what he will do. If you can make a man feel inferior, you never have to compel him to seek an inferior status for he will seek it himself. And if you can make a man feel justly an outcast, you never have to order him to go to the back door. He'll go without being told. And if there's no door, his very nature will demand one. He said, develop your mind. Next thing he said, practice the principle of OQP, only quality people. Today, today, in order for us to make it, even before the coronavirus, 
the suicide rate in America had increased by 32%. Today, in order for us to make it, we have to create what we're doing now, collaborative, achievement-driven, supportive relationships. One of the major issues we're facing right now is loneliness. And, and, and one of the major determinants of a long life, I thought it would be plant-based diet or uh, becoming a vegetarian or a vegan or exercise. It's positive social relationships. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the main factor. Mm -hmm. And the third thing that he said, he said, Mr. Brown, develop your communication skills, young man. Because once you open your mouth, you tell the world who you are. Your ability to communicate humanizes you. You explain it so well when you talk to people about the number one skill that they need if they're negotiating, if they want to advance their careers, if, if they want to create a movement, they want to promote their business or promote themselves. That skill had, I not had that skill when I was fired from the working for the Miami Sanitation Department. If I didn't have the ability to communicate, I would not have been able to be a salesman at Sears or do door-to-door -door sales. I would not have been able to become a disc jockey. I would not have been able to become a state legislator in Columbus, Ohio and, and pass 14 bills my first term. And, wow. and I uh, was elected the third term, three terms, and then my sister called me and said, Leslie, are you sitting down? What's wrong with mama? Mama has breast cancer. I said, I'll be right there. She said, Leslie, you don't have to come. We found a good nursing home for her. I said, listen to me, no. She adopted seven, seven will be there when she takes her last breath. And I left that day. And I'll never forget when I rung the doorbell, a friend of hers, name is Mildred, she came to the door. She said, oh my God, Mamie, Leslie's here. And I heard my mother's voice said, I knew my boy would come. I knew my boy would come. And I came in and her things were packed. I said, unpack everything. I said, Mom, I'm here. Wow. I'm here. And so it's Wow. 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 This this thing with your mom. I was do you know who Art Williams is? Do you remember Art Williams? He used to be a speaker. All you can do is all you can do, and all you can do is enough. But there you go. You do all you can do. I study everybody. Glenn, I know you do. Listen to you. you. Zig Ziglar, if you give enough people what they want, they'll give you what you want. Jim Rohn, when the end comes for you, let it find you conquering a new mountain, not sliding down an old one. I study them all. Because <laughs> <laughs> the reason I ask you this is, when I introduced you as the greatest speaker that I've ever seen, and by the way, I, I, that short changes, I believe greatest teacher, communicator that I've ever seen in my life. And the other one that made the impact on me was Art Williams, who I know you would both agree with. This is a, it was an amazing communicator, still is. Yeah. And so I met him one time and uh, he gave me a nice compliment about a talk I had given. And so I said, well, there's only, there's two I've ever seen in my life. And I said, it's you, Mr. Williams. And I said, and then Les Brown's in a class all his own. And I said, he's so talented and gifted. And he stopped me. And this leads to your mother, again, a situation that I know about, I'd like you to share. And he goes, he's not that talented and gifted. He's a worker. He works. Les works at it. This is a skill he's developed. He wasn't born with this. He's worked at it. 
if you knew the people I know, this guy is on the road. He works. And then I was listening to you and this amazing, your mother's this theme in your life. But when you were a young boy, your mother lost the ability to work. And so I think the story is she starts sort of like making a little moonshine to sort of support the family, right? And something happens. Yeah. And I think you're like 10 years old, something like yeah. this, right? And then you got to take over. Would you just share this? Because I think everything happens for us, not to us. Our test will be our testimony. And your the the messes of our lives don't disqualify us. I think so many people think this mess I'm in, this divorce, this business failure, this choice I made, I'm not proud of, that I'm ashamed of. It it disqualifies me. My background, my upbringing, I'm disqualified. Turns out you can turn those things in to be your testimony. And this situation with your mom, I think, triggered this work ethic in you at a young age that Art told yeah. me about. Yes, Mama, she started selling homebrew and moonshine, and and it was difficult for us at that time for her raising seven children. She was injured on a job. And so she promised our birth mother that these children will never go to bed hungry. We will always have a roof over our head, our head and, and, and clothes on our back. And a man came, I'll never forget what you're talking about. So you, you've done your research as much <laughs> as I've been doing research on you. You and I are so much alike. <laughs> and and this guy, his name was Calhoun, and he knocked on the door. He said, Leslie, how are you doing? I said, fine. Mama always said, don't ever open the door without telling me. And I said, oh, hey, Mama, he, no, 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 don't tell her. I've got two friends with me. We're going to surprise her. Open the door. And I opened the door and let them come in. And one of the guys grabbed me. I was 10 years old in the throat and hit me on the side of the head and threw me up against the wall. And he said, she's back there in the room. Mm -hmm. And they went back there and, and mama was selling homebrew and moonshine. And they, he said, pull up the linoleum. And they pull up the linoleum and, and, and she, she kept it and under the floor of the house that we were in. And they brought mama out and, and handcuffs. Mm -hmm. Then I said, mama, I'm so sorry. And she said, it's okay, Leslie, it's okay. And she never, ever, ever mentioned it when she came back. And, mm -hmm. and so we don't have any relatives. We adopted. So the neighbors, you know, they will come in and bring us food from time to time. And I would collect uh, uh, copper and aluminum and sometimes stand in the corner. Hey, boy, come over. And, and get on a truck with older men to, to move heavy equipment. And, but years later, fast forward, man, I had it in my heart. If I ever saw this guy again, I'll kill him. And boy, you know God, for he has a sense of humor. Here I am talking to my young son, John Leslie, who's a speaker and trainer. I said, John Leslie, Anger is a wind that blows out the lamp of the mind. He said, what do you mean by that, Daddy? I said, don't allow anger to govern you. Never make a decision while you are angry. It blows out the wind of the mind. You'll make decisions and do things that you will regret later. At this time, a guy comes over and tapped my, me on the shoulder. And he said, hello, sir. I just want you to know, we here in Miami are so proud of you. I had a talk show 
that King World had paid me $5 million to do the Les Brown talk show. And I looked, I'll never forget his face. I said to myself, oh my God, it's Calhoun. Oh my God. Now here's my son here, and I'm looking at this guy's face and put my mother in jail. And man, I, I start, I was, I was I get short in the breath and, and John Lester said, Dad, are you all right? I said, no. And he, he, and he this guy, he just kept on shaking my Man, yes. Uh, Leslie, man, you, 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 you're really making us all proud. And I said, excuse me, sir, excuse me. And I went outside and my son said, what's going on? Is this something you ate? I said, no. No, John Leslie. I gotta go. I said, let's get in the car, I gotta go. He said, what's happening, Dad? And I drove away for a little while and I, I parked on the side to collect myself. I said, that man, he, he's the one that put your grandmother in jail. And I promised if I ever saw him again, I would kill him. He said, oh God. I said, John Leslie, you know what? I said, God moment. He said, why? I said, I got that hatred out of my heart for him because you were here. I have to model what I'm teaching you. People say, practice what you preach, but now God put it in me. I got to preach what I practice. I got to forget. And forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is remembering without anger. I forgive him, but most of all, I forgive myself. Please forgive me, God, for carrying this anger and hatred all these years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was deep. <laughs> I've never told this story before. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this thing, you know, Forrest Gump had a point. Life is like a a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you just shared that with us. I, oh my gosh. Your life is, one of the things about you, Les, is that your life is such an example of what's possible. I mean, everybody, I want you just picturing this about this beautiful man. I want you, this is a, he's born, his mother ends up giving him to adoption to Mamie, he and his brother. They live in these conditions. He's 10 years old. His mother has to go away for a while. He's got to support the family. He's had all these incidents he's had to observe up close. There are other ones with his mother when she's cleaning houses and this woman claps her hands because she's got to know when her mother's in a room because she's going to steal something, which his mother would never do. This man goes on to influence millions, I mean, literally millions of people's lives. And then this is what's great about all of us making our dreams come true. When you make your dreams come true, the dreams of other people and dreams you can't picture also come true because then he influences this goofy dude, me, 20 something years old working in an orphanage and it inspires me to change my life. So it's just your life is such an example. And it, what's interesting to me, Les, is it was mainly tied to mom, meaning you wanted to do something great for your mother all your life. And that was bigger, I think, than any obstacle that got in your way. I'd like you to share this with people because I think most people don't understand the power of having something big you're going after that means more to you than the pain you're going to have to go through in order to get it. I don't think enough people set huge, big goals that are from the heart. Don't you agree? 
Yes, you said that. I, I was listening to you last night. You know, Dexter Yeager, as you know from Amway, he said, if the dream is big enough, the odds don't matter. And so when you say dream big, that's major. One, there's power and pursuit. Because as Jim Rowan said, it's not the accomplishment of the goal that matters. It's what you become in pursuit of the dream in the process. Because when you have a big dream, it will introduce you to a part of yourself that you don't know right now, that you will never discover in your comfort zone. Because in order to achieve that dream, you've got to die to who you are now. I must die daily. You must die to who you are now to give birth to who you are to become. I believe that all of us have stories of greatness in us. And, and follow me as I say this, as this dialogue. We all have stories of greatness within us. In the beginning was the word. Thou shalt decree a thing shall be established unto you. When shall the kingdom of God come? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When shall it come? The kingdom of God cometh not by observation. They shall say, is neither low there, low here. Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And that kingdom is voice activated. So when you speak, people who are in a dark place, you will bring them out into the light. When you speak, somebody's got a gun to their head when you speak, they'll realize life is God's gift to me and how I live my life is my gift to God. When you speak, someone who's depressed and feeling anxious will remember, be anxious for nothing. I'll keep thee in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So that's the power that you bring and all the products that you have on YouTube that I've, I mean, how ironic they said, Coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. I've been so marinated listening to your stuff. And then you've been listening to me. Come on, what a, look at God. What a mighty God we serve. Come on, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my honor to think that you listening to my stuff. I got to tell you, yes. you guys, you know, you, you just get what I, I start. I told you all, you just have this treasure. It's like, you never want to stop hearing from Les, I mean, he's just hes just remarkable. And the way you pull things and download them from all these places is just, it's mind blowing. I, I, I wish I were that great. You are the messenger and you are the message. Mm -hmm. That's me, you got people who are speaking out here, it's, it's been hijacked with speaking to sell. We sell people on their greatness. We sell people on the things that they need to do now, the methods, the techniques, the strategy to create the next greatest version of themselves. Mm. And when we do that, we know that when we make that kind of impact, we know that we're in the place of what Leo Tolstoy, the Russian author, he said, what in the meaning and purpose of my life that will not be undone and destroyed when I'm gone? And the people that listen to your program and, and their mind and their vision has been expanded. You give them a vision of themselves beyond the adversities of, of what they're experiencing in this place where we are right now. And, and help them to begin to, to live their life from a place of optimism that they're going to impact other people and those people are going to impact other people. And this work 
that you, as much as you have chosen this, you were chosen for this. And this work will not be undone. You're going to impact generations yet unborn. Thank you. My gosh. I'm getting chills all over. One of the, one of the I want to, I want, I, I'm always watching you, right? And so thank you for that. Like, sincerely, I, you, someone or something could not be more special to me than what you've just said. I want you to also watch something with less everybody. He speaks greatness into people. I really believe that that's a, it seems small, but he speaks greatness into people. He speaks to their better self. It, all of his messages always end with there's greatness in you. And I just think that all of us should just be conscious of this. I'd be making a huge mistake. I have the greatest speaker I've ever seen on my show. Is there anything you would impart onto somebody who's listening and says, I'd like to be a better communicator? Are there a couple keys that the best ever would share with me about how I could become a better communicator if I'm listening or watching the show right now? You know, the Serena Williams is considered a dominant tenth tennis player on the planet, but she has a coach. Muhammad Ali said, I'm the greatest, but he never won a championship without Angelo Dundee. Michael Jordan considered one of the great basketball players, but he never won a championship without Phil Jackson. I was with Maya Angelou. I had the, the honor of spending a day with her. And she said, it aggravates me when they, they say that I'm a gifted communicator. And I said, why? She said, show me a gifted heart surgeon. I work at this. She said, do you see these books around here? I said, yes, ma'am. When I was raped and I went into a catatonic state and, and didn't speak, my grandmother brought a lady here to help me and to tutor me. And she said, I want you to start there and start reading these books and give me a report. And she said, one day she came to this lady and she had written something she was very proud of. And, and she went, and this lady said, you can talk, read it to me. Mm -hmm. She said, you can talk. And her mother was standing there and didn't intervene. And her mother always defended her. And this woman who wrote, I know why the caged bird sings. She said, you can talk, talk now. And the reason she stopped talking, when she told on her uncle, the man, the neighbor who raped her, they beat him to death. And she felt personally responsible and went into a catatonic state. And on that day, she said, she said, speak, you can speak. And she started reading on that day. Wow. And, and that lady helped her to wow. get her voice back. She had swallowed her voice because of the trauma of feeling as a young kid, I caught someone to be killed because he raped me. Mm. And, and she did, that was heavy for her. And yes. so we, we, all of us are born the same way, dumb, naked, and speechless. We can learn. I didn't do what I'm doing now for 14 years. I told Mike Williams, I said, Mike, I, I, I can't speak, man, like Zig really? Ziglar. He said, 
you can. I said, look, Tony Robbins and all those guys. He said, Browning, you go hear those guys because it's in you. That's in you. And sometimes I feel that you have to believe in somebody's belief in you until your belief kicks in. And I was at an event. I think it was a Bob Proctor event. And a guy was speaking, man. And here I am there. And and all of us had moments when we feel a a speaker is just talking to us. You've had people who say, you, 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 you were talking to me. And and this was my day. And this guy was speaking. He stopped. He said, hmm, there's somebody here who should be up here holding this mic. I'm standing in your dream. And you've convinced yourself that you can't do it, that you don't have what it takes. And I'm here to say that it's not what you don't have, it's what you think you need in order to do this. Now, mind you, you know, I'm here thinking I don't have a college education. And so then he went on speaking, he said, I'm gonna say this, and I'm not gonna say it anymore. You out there squirming in your seat right now. He said, and he was looking over the audience, and I'm saying to myself, is this guy looking for me? And then he said, the reason I'm standing up here and you are seated out there squirming in your seat, I represent the thoughts you have rejected for yourself. Man, that was like he punched me in the gut. I jumped up, I had a dime. I went to a payphone. I called Mike Williams. It was my mentor. I said, Mike, he said, Brownie, what's wrong? I said, listen to me, Mike, Brownie, calm down. No, I'm not rejecting myself anymore. Do you hear me, Mike? I'm not rejecting myself anymore. My mother has breast cancer and she needs me. And all I got is just my voice, Mike. I can't get a job. I don't have a college education. All I got is, uh, is the ability to to, to, to talk to people. I, I, I got to use my voice to help mama. No job is going to pay me enough money to get the help that she needs. Most people don't know. 95% of people who filed bankruptcy do so because of medical expenses. And, and when he said that, oh, I, I said, I gotta speak. There's an African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. Shakespeare said, the fort dear Brutus is not in our stars, but in ourselves that we are underlings. I was living a small life and you can't fit a big dream or a big voice in a small mind. Oh my gosh, come on. <laughs> By the way, what's crazy is God's so good. I gave a talk this weekend. I did. I gave one quote, which was that African proverb you just quoted. But my gosh, that story. All right, everyone, I know you want less here four hours. I do too, but we don't get him. So I have one more question for you that I think is the yes. big, big biggie. But before I do that, make sure you're following Mr. Brown on social media, on Instagram. Make sure you've got that book. We're putting the website up on the screen right now. If you're hungry or need to be hungry or you're listening to this, I know you are. Go get his new book. And then last thing is you talk about that big, huge dream. I've got millions of people right now that get access to this wisdom. And they're sitting there. They're listening to this show. They're saying, I have a dream too. I want to do something great with my life. And I'm you, Les. I'm sitting in the crowd of life. 
trembling, thinking I don't have what it takes. But there's a part of me that I want to be happier. I want to prosper. I want to make my family proud of me. I, I want to be proud of me. I want to serve God. And I just do not know where to begin. And so I'm listening to the Ed Milet show every week, picking up these pieces. But now I've got Les Brown. What would Les Brown say to me if we were one-on-one -on -one and I said, Mr. Brown, I've got this dream, whatever it is, what would your guidance be to me if you were my mentor to begin with? Never say, I don't know what it is that I got. What's most important, commit thy works until the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit yourself to do that which is in your heart. You were not one born to work for a living, but to live your making and living your making will make your living. We get paid to work on a job. That's what we get paid for. But your calling is something you're made for. What is it that you would do free? Something that you love it so much, you do it for free and you do it so well that people will pay you to do it. That's your dream. That's your superpower. And, and do that because if it's something that resonates with you, it's something that's in your heart, where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Uh, there's a young man that, that he, he, he prepares vegetarian meals for me. Man, this guy's good. And I can tell that the energy that he brings with this food, he said, man, he said, this the calling on my life. It's a ministry to him. It's a difference of, 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 of being in something and that something being in you. Remember A.L. Williams said, all you can do is all you can do and all you can do is enough. But make sure you do all you can do. We always go all in on something that we love. What's in your heart? Because where your heart is, there your treasure is also. In my book, I say, live a heart-centered life. My heart's filled with gratitude today. This is a dream come true for me, everybody. And what's great is it exceeded my expectations, which were hugely high before we began today. So Les, it's my honor. And thank you so much for the time today. And uh, everybody, please follow Les. Please get the book. And, uh, and by the way, with me, make sure you're following me on Instagram every day. You know, we run the max out two-minute drill. I make a post 7.30 Pacific every day. Make a comment in the first two minutes. Have your notifications on. You're in a drawing every day. You ride on the jet, you get books, you meet my guests, you get max out gear, all kinds of wonderful things. If you miss the first two minutes, just make a comment every day on every post and you're in a drawing. Les, thank you again. Uh, God bless you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Continue to be the light that you are and continue to pursue your greatness because when you're pursuing your greatness, you don't know what your limits are. So you act like you don't have any. Simba, Simba. you're more Mike. than that which you have become. Oh, my God. <laughs> Couldn't you listen all day, you guys? I told you. All right, everybody. God bless you. Max out. Thank you. I love you, my brother. I love you. This is the Admiral Show.